What's up guys? This is Victoria Hahn with Get Your Buzz On with Bundle B Insurance with my guest Manny Carrera. What is up y'all? So I have my bottle of champagne and we are going to get our buzz on with mimosas this morning. It's 12 o'clock. So let's see. <laughs> this is going to be wild. Mm. <laughs> Woo. You know what that means. You never know what's going to happen with that court. No, not at all. Yeah, I've seen people get hit. Okay, I don't want to spill in your I'm nice help bottle. You. Thank so we're gonna you. be drinking some mimosas today. Yes. Right? Super excited. That's how I got him on this podcast. I bribed him with booze. I asked if there's gonna be booze or food. And she said booze and I said I'm there. <laughs> That's all she had to say. How's that? Perfect. Sweet. Got some more champagne. Yeah, top it off, top it off. All right. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Thank really you excited. for coming. Yeah. Your first episode. Yes. So this is um, my first episode of Get Your Buzz On. <clears throat> and um, one of the biggest reasons why I have Manny on as my first guest was because after I did his podcast, he really inspired me to get to it. And I had been debating doing one and he had said, you need to get on it and and here we are. And do a podcast. So Look that's why I was like, thanks <laughs> to you. You've made me get off my ass and yeah. like... Say what I was going to do. Yeah, I appreciate it. And honestly, it, it was just somebody had to say a lot of stuff to me for me to get off my ass the same mm -hmm. way too. So that's really what it took. But I'm really glad that you're doing it. I mean, we had that podcast a couple months ago and I've already seen you blowing up on TikTok and now starting the podcast. So you're really doing it. Thanks. No, it's <laughs> up to you. Like, so I was like, okay, I got to have you on as the first one. Yeah. And how's it been for your business? You know, it's been... Um, Everything's been really good. Really? It's just been super busy. That's good. And I think, um, and thank God for that. But it's been just trying to keep up with everything. Because right. I feel like a lot of people don't realize when you're marketing and you're doing a bunch of stuff out there, you have to be consistent. For sure. I think consistency and being persistent too is like the only thing that is going to make that difference between somebody that's going to make something happen or fail. Yeah. Right? Because you can't just market and do one post and then people don't see you for like yeah. a couple months. You have to constantly, constantly. You have to be in it. people's face. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy nowadays that you really like, I've gotten to the point where I would pump out so much content knowingly that it was going to annoy people. Uh -huh. But after you get past that annoyance from that you're getting from people they start to really appreciate the content that you're bringing for sure right? so that's what that's that's what i've yeah. been like just like just put whatever you need <laughs> you to guys need there. to follow her on tiktok though she's, Thanks. <laughs> she's killing it. i'll do whatever i need to do well i wanted to well i wanted to start off with you introducing yourself and sure. like what you do um and there's a reason why i chose him he's awesome um Thank and you. just kind of go more into detail because i don't know the exact logistics of Everything that you do. So I right. want to make sure that you tell everyone why yeah, you're yeah, best. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Manny Carrera is my name. Your real estate resource is my brand. And I'm a realtor here in El Paso, Texas. Uh, born and raised here in El Paso, Texas. Love the city. Um, lived down in Florida for a little bit. Ended up coming back just because I saw how big the city was growing. Um, on top of, you know, real estate, I work with buyers, sellers, commercial, a lot of investors. Um, but I also have my own podcast, like she was mentioning. Uh, so... I've just been very heavy in media and it's really good to be back home and kind of seeing where the city's going and being a part of that growth is something that I'm very proud of right now, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what got you into doing real estate? Um, well, I was never really into sales. I was always kind of, you know, working 
desk jobs. I worked at a bank for a little bit. And um, I got fired from a bank. Thought, <laughs> thought I lost the world. I was barely like 19 years old. And uh, one of my buddies got me introduced to uh, sales. I started in the phone game. Yeah. And uh, from there, like within the first month, I just felt like it was just so natural for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I became the number one rep in my job, what I was doing in, at the time and things. And it just felt like everything clicked. So uh, I moved out to Florida and I started, you know, really, really doing good and really blowing up out there in sales and teaching people how to sell too. I think that's what was one of the most important things for me is being able to know something enough, a skill good enough that you can teach it to somebody else. And after that, I kind of just felt I wanted something bigger. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do more for sure. And I saw real estate in Florida as, as you know, the key because real estate's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Everyone needs, you know, hospitals, everyone's going to get sick, so that's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And everyone needs a roof on top of your head, whether you're renting or buying. So for me, it was just that next level of sales. And I was even going to start working at a dealership, but I felt like, you know, houses are definitely going to be a bigger stepping stone for me. So got into real estate in Florida and ended up just coming back to visit in El Paso, visit some family for a month, and I ended up staying just because I saw how big it was getting. It sucks you back in. It did. It sucked <laughs> me back in. El Paso's, like, if you're, if you're born and raised in El Paso, you're, you've been able to see how big this city's gotten in the last 10 years. Oh, for sure. Like, we were a small-minded city, too. Like, not just small in size, but small-minded, too. And now, every weekend, we have, you know, big entertainers, big artists, Gary V, one of my influences, is going to be coming. Um, so a lot of, you know, a lot of things are happening in the city. So it's really exciting. But yeah, definitely, you know, taking that next step for me was was real estate. And I just saw, you know, the 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 ceilings were unlimited. I mean, I could reach whatever potential I wanted to in real estate. There's no cap on commissions. There's no, you know, there's no there's nobody telling me what to do. And that's really what I wanted, that freedom, but also that environment where I could really reach my full potential. Yeah. And the highest paid jobs are always sales. Yeah. Because you, there's no cap. You're not in a salary. Mm -hmm. You're your own boss and you have right, to push right. yourself. Yeah. And especially if you're, you know, you know how to sell. I think sales has really just taken a transformation from what it was to what it is now. Mm -hmm. What it was is, you know, you were used to being sharked on. Like it was, it was aggressive. People were trying to get one on you, you know, and, and a lot of people just didn't trust anyone in the sales industry. Yeah. Now sales is completely different. Now oh, it yeah. starts with trust. Like I have to gain your trust in order for you to trust what I'm telling you is like how things should happen in the real estate transaction and things like that too. So being knowledgeable is one thing, but for sure gaining that trust in sales is completely different. Well, and like what I, because of the insurance, we're in the same zone where mm -hmm. we're, we're selling things that people have to have. But my biggest thing is that I always tell people is you're making a friend. So you have to build that connection with somebody so that way they want to do business with you. Because at the end of the day, I want to have them as clients forever, just like right. you do. So if they want to buy their first house or second and third house, you want to make sure that you continue that relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's Sales is just a lot deeper. It's really yeah. like, it really is a relationship. You have a bunch of boyfriend and girlfriends. <laughs> like, that's really what it is. I mean, I, I drop off things at my client's houses for holidays and things like that that's how that's how that relationship has to be in order for it to grow yeah you know for sure and i think a lot of the biggest salespeople 
are doing that, they're not focusing on numbers. Mm -hmm. Numbers is an old game. You mm -hmm. know, you have to know your numbers, but focusing on numbers is wrong. It's focusing on what people need, what people want. And fulfilling those needs just leads to more business, especially if you're doing it the right way. No, that's true. Right. So what's the difference between buyers in Florida and buyers here in El Paso? Well, I actually didn't even get that far. I got my license in Florida, so I didn't really get to experience that because as soon as I got my license, I came to visit for a month. And then that's In my it. mind, I was like, I'm going to take a month off before I really grind for the next yeah. year or two. And, um, but I could tell you for sure, I was a buyer slash renter in Miami and Florida. And um, the market's just totally different over there. It's, you know, on, on average, sales price here is about 150 to 180. Yeah. Over there is 500 minimum, you know, to live in a good, decent house. So the buyer market is a little different. The renter market is super strong out there. You have people just renting condos like crazy, renting houses. A lot of people really can't afford, you know, the $500 million houses. Yeah. Over there. Um, but there are, it's a huge market for, for rentals. You have, you know, people coming in from all parts of the world. So it's a huge melting pot. It's never ending to like... It's for sure just it's it's just a different ball game over there. But I could tell you for sure here in El Paso, you have so many young professionals, military uh, people in the medical field, entrepreneurs that are buying houses, and a lot of investors too. Yeah. Like right now, El Paso is just one of those really good places to invest. People from East Coast, West Coast, come here. Some of them don't even come here. They don't even they've never been to El Paso and they're buying properties. I have a lot of people prices. from California. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Cali especially. Cali is like, I literally, I got three clients and yesterday just from California really? that they had been referred to us. But yeah, it's crazy because they're like, yeah, we try to get out of California because of the cost of living, but yeah. also like investing and stuff. And, I'm, and they're like, our dollar can go a long way out here instead exactly. of in Cali. Yeah, yeah. Cali, I mean, El Paso is just, like I said, it's, it's an under under it's an underdog when it comes to that type of market because here in texas dallas is the biggest uh market mm -hmm. in texas it's actually one of the biggest in the country but you come over here to el paso and houses are 150 you know brand new construction 150,000. and for a lot of people living on the east coast and west coast that's almost a down payment for their house you know yeah so the market's definitely different here in el paso i just think there's so much opportunity and that's why you see it growing so much. Like, yeah, it's crazy. everyone's buying houses. Everyone, it everyone's so buying crazy. houses right now. So, it's a good good time to be a realtor <laughs> for sure. So, what makes you different from all the realtors out there? I can tell you for sure. Um, there's a lot of really good realtors here in El Paso. There is. Um, there's a ton, and you work a lot with real estate agents as well. But I think one thing that I've learned from the very first day that I got back to from uh, Miami and decided to do real estate here in El Paso was there's a huge opportunity in the marketing and media side. Mm -hmm. I just think a lot of realtors are, are underestimating that. And I saw my opportunities as soon as I got here right away to one, be super heavy on, on social media, mm -hmm. really capitalize on it and really learn how to get leads and generate leads from Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook literally ran my business for the first two years. That's how we first met. Yeah. It was on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I so. look like a creeper. <laughs> you were a creeper. I was blocked you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, hey, Betty, you want to meet for coffee? <laughs> right? No, no, no. And that's just the power of social media nowadays is, is the power of connecting. Um, almost 82% of home searches nowadays 
start on the internet. And for me, that's where I saw this opportunity. And that's what I think differentiates me from other realtors is that I'm, I want to be ahead of this little curve of this social media curve that we're going on. A lot of influences that I've met, I've talked to you about Gary Vaynerchuk. He's one of them. I've met him a couple of times, but he's one of the main reasons why I started pumping out a ton of content daily mm -hmm. um, and also started my podcast, started my YouTube channel. You just really have to be on every single platform. So I can tell you for sure that's one of the main things. Um, I, was, I, I could almost say that I'm one of the first people that started a podcast here in El Paso. My podcast has been up for two, almost two and a half years. You were then, for yeah, sure. For sure. And even though it may not be the best podcast, maybe as far as ratings and stuff, I just saw that opportunity from the very beginning, you know? So mm -hmm. I think that's for sure one thing is that I'm really always looking to differentiate myself when it comes down to the marketing side of it. Yeah. Of course it's the best. You have whiskey on yours. Yeah. <laughs> different whiskey every Wednesday. That's how we have it. <laughs> yeah. That show. I mean, and those, those, uh, those bottles sometimes finish mm -hmm. on an episode. It's been some crazy episodes. We so, have to stop. Oh my God. <laughs> we have had to stop ourselves from continuing. <laughs> Well, that's why we had to have our podcast at 11, so we're not here right. all day. But right. it might happen. Who knows? I didn't schedule anything after this, so. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Just in case we know. Right? <laughs> well, and then, so you <clears throat> sit for Pacifica, yeah. right? Yeah, so I'm actually um, partnered with Pacifica Homes. And that's the cool thing about, you know, being in real estate is as a realtor, you're a general contractor. Mm -hmm. So we don't have any bosses. There's no hourly pay. We don't get paid until we produce and a house is closed, which can be intimidating to a lot of people. And a lot of people have wrong expectations coming into this also, but, um, Pacifica, you know, one of the really good home builders here in El Paso and I have partnered up together and, you know, now I'm selling their inventory. So we're actually in a Pacifica home. You'll be able to see some, some shots. I'm sure if you haven't seen them already. Um, but, yeah, partnered with Pacifica, and that just gives me an opportunity, one, to showcase their inventory, um, but also gain a lot more business for myself. Because as general contractors, there's no guaranteed pay. Yeah. But, um, you know, as a listing agent or when you're partnered with a builder, there essentially is, as long as you produce. Mm -hmm. you know, so and they really build cool. beautiful houses. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a custom, semi-custom builder. Um, so we'll build houses from the 130s to the one point one million dollar whatever you need you know so in el paso you don't really see too many of those million dollar houses but here in el paso i can tell you for sure your dollar really goes a long way so if you have a million dollars you could have a castle like <laughs> whatever you want dragons and everything what i need you to do is when i build my house is negotiate with my husband the kitchen that pacifica had at the festival of homes yes it on the west side was that in that kitchen i still have dreams about that kitchen yeah that kitchen was out of this world and that's the cool thing about jj he's a builder um he's just kind of ahead of the game when it comes to that he's not scared of going outside of his box mm -hmm. he had never built anything like that i mean it's it's a massive kitchen it's like... a two-story modern home and he's always into single-story traditional homes like he's never built anything like that but that kitchen those cabinets the glowing uh. cabinets were so insane i think everyone's favorite kitchen in that in that festival for sure was that yeah i i mean because that's my thing mm -hmm. i have kids i want to be you know my husband likes to eat we all like to eat obviously right um so i that's my thing to entertain is that i like a big kitchen when i saw that i was like i was in love yeah <laughs> what's your ideal 
home for you and your family? Um, probably one where, um, uh, I guess the less maintenance is possible. So no yeah. carpet, no two story. I can't have nice things mm -hmm. anymore because I have kids. So it's got to be pretty low, as low maintenance as possible. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> the majority of people. A lot yeah. of people don't feel like watering anymore. Don't feel like taking care of this or this or this, you know? No. Low maintenance. The more low maintenance, the better. For yeah, because it's like you're so busy with life and stuff. I don't want to be spending my time <clears throat> like doing like yard work or doing yeah. stuff that's not going to be time with my family yeah, or anything. Yeah, exactly. You know? you know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think really like balancing your time. And we talked about this on, even on my podcast, how you balance running the business and still family uh -huh. and on top of that everything else you know time management is super important so it's always it's always yeah. like i'm i always feel like my a chicken with a head cut off <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that too mondays and tuesdays for sure you're like what's going on <laughs> what the heck somebody tell me to go <laughs> yeah it's it's funny but it's a really cool industry i mean your your industry and my industry go hand in hand oh for sure um and it's it's really cool because it's just different every single day oh yeah right? You really don't get the same story every single day. So what are the lessons you learned early on that has shaped how you run your business? Or So for sure, I could tell you um, learning how to let go of control over the entire business. I mean, there's so many moving components mm -hmm. in real estate. There's, I mean, no lie, there's about 15 to 20 people involved in every single transaction. You have underwriters attorneys, <laughs> escrow officers, title, you know, you have so many different people. And in my first six months, eight months, I did great. Like I just, I exceeded every expectation that I had, but I also got so busy so quick that I could not handle it. And I honestly drowned a little bit. Yeah. I, I remember being at a point where I had 10 people that were pre-approved, ready to go. I was just, I just had to find them the house. And then I had five contracts getting ready to close in May and I couldn't handle everything. I couldn't be showing people houses and still keep up with the process of all these contracts. So I ended up in my mind telling myself, I'm gonna chill a little bit on getting more leads. I'm gonna yeah. stop lead generating, which is the biggest no-no you could do in sales. Like you always have to lead generate. And I stopped lead generating so that I could catch up on my workload. And once I finished my workload and got everyone into houses, I realized that for two months I didn't have any leads and it, it really put me back. Mm -hmm. So what I realized is that I need help. And I think the most successful people understand that there's strengths and weaknesses to every single person. And once you realize your weaknesses, you need to find people that those are their strengths, yeah. right? So my weaknesses were organization. Like I'm freaking disorganized. I'm so, <laughs> so horrible. I'm everywhere. I'm all over the place. But um, I realized that I just needed somebody to help me get caught up on everything. And I hired an assistant and I hired a marketing uh, guy to help me pump out content. That way I don't fall back on any of the lead generating aspects of it. And within my first month of getting an assistant and marketing guy, I went from five contracts to 14 contracts. Um, so it just really amped up my business. But I realized that I should have done that from the very beginning. Yeah. You know, because... A lot of people just come into this business and start trying to do everything on their own, trying to hold on to every single cent. Yeah. But in the end of the day, they're really losing a lot more business than they're making. Well, and I feel like when you go through those trials, you learn a lot more too. For sure. Because you're like, okay, I, I learned the hard way, but 
it teaches you. I feel like when you <clears throat> fail at something or something doesn't come out the way that you thought, right. that you really do learn a lot more. Speaking on failure, it's it's super important to fail almost every day. I mean, not almost, like you need to fail every day. Yeah. You know, Will Smith says, fail often, fail. He says some shit like that. <laughs> But you got to really fail every day because if you're not failing, you're not, you're not really progressing. You're not yeah. doing anything different. And when you start getting very stagnant with what you're doing, there's no growth. It's just, you know, you're on a flat line. And in business, when you have your own business, when you have, especially if you're doing sales, like you really need to grow every single day. And you need to have the discipline to do it. Yeah. Because it's, it's crazy, right? You have a crazy schedule and you have to do it every single day. Mm-hmm. Right? Even if you're tired and you were saying you were sick, you didn't even know how sick you were because you're just like every single day pushing yeah. through, pushing through. It's, it really is like that. You have to be disciplined enough to know that work has to get done. Yeah. No, right? it's the truth. It, it, it is the truth. And I feel like, too, a lot of people are, it's hard for them to go out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And it's me, too. It's just everyone in general. But I like this year, I'm trying to lean more into me not being uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'm like, which case scenario, this whole thing. But I, I'm trying to really focus on if I'm not comfortable, then that's good because I'm not staying in the same realm yes. that I was in last year or yeah. like a couple years ago. You really ago. just need to change your, your reality or your perception of what is comfortable and what's uncomfortable. When we, when we feel uncomfortable, we stop doing it. We shy away from it. Mm-hmm. But, and this is all going back to how we were raised. You know, if, if you're raised and you did something in class and you're in second grade and everyone laughs at you, yeah. you're never going to do it again. Even if it was, you know, you were singing a song and somebody starts laughing at you, you're never going to sing again, even though you might have the voice of an angel. Yeah, right? that's true. But getting to that point, I think it, it just really has to be a, a change in mindset of mm-hmm. what's uncomfortable, what's, what's not uncomfortable. I love being uncomfortable. And I, I honestly have to tell myself that all the time. Like, if I do something and I'm super nervous or scared, I'm like, this is probably going to be really good for me yeah you know it, it'll take you out of the out of your comfort zone and you'll excel because you're like okay the more you get used to doing things the more it's easier to talk to clients or to put that in your business because you're like exactly. ah. you're like i did all this other stuff this isn't a big yeah, deal yeah and a lot of that has to do with you know people giving a shit about yeah I cuss on your oh yeah okay. I, i'm like uh, do you know me explain yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it that's explicit. how i get through life <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, a lot of people just really care too much about what other people think. And that's, that's one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people don't succeed. And I'll tell you for sure, like being from El Paso, it's a small city, but when anybody leaves, they always end up coming back. Mm-hmm. And when you end up coming back, people think it's cause you failed or cause you know, things like that. So I remember when I was deciding whether to come back, that's one of the biggest fears that I had was everyone's just going to think I failed. And when I decided to move back and stay here for the first couple months, people were telling me that, like, oh, what happened? Did you couldn't make it over there? And I'm like, well, I chose to come back, Back, you know? But dealing with dealing with that and realizing that, you know, doesn't matter what you think, what you think, what you think. I have a plan. And Mm -hmm. as long as you hit that plan, everyone else is just going to see over time, you know, there was nothing to worry about as far as them people worry too much about other people and they shouldn't yeah and the thing i think people sometimes like with el paso for example i think they're like okay and i do think because i lived in different places i think you should experience that and and go out there and see how it is out there um and what my thing was that it's like 
here you can be a, a big fish in a small pond. Whereas like if I go to Dallas or if I go to Miami and Florida, you're yeah. dealing with really, really serious competitors. So yeah. you have to bring your A game even further. So my thing is that I'm like, okay, I can start here and then progress over there. You yeah, know? yeah, definitely. And I think that's really a good thing. Like when you're, when you're the best in the room, uh-huh. yeah. it's not a good room to be in. You want to be with people that are better than you. That way you can improve. And I'll tell you for sure, like when I was in Florida, before I be, started uh, deciding what, that I wanted to be in real estate, um, I was being mentored for a whole year by multimillionaires. And it wasn't really, you know, any gold nuggets that they gave me. Mm-hmm. They gave me a couple of gold nuggets, but it was really being able to see them day to day and how millionaires acted every single day, mm-hmm. what they did every single day. And I was just surprised to realize like, they're super into self-development. Like, yeah. It's all about self-development. It's all, all about growing your mind first before you can grow anything else. Because if you don't grow your mind, your bank account's not going to grow. Your relationships aren't going to grow. Your business isn't going to grow. If you try to put everything into your business and your relationships without putting it into your mind, mm-hmm. th- nothing's going to happen. You know, It's just going to end up in really bad terms. So realizing that over there and seeing that work, work ethic like made me realize like, I just have so much to learn mm-hmm. and I could be a big fish in a little pond or I could go be a little fish in a big pond and eventually one day, you know, be a shark. Yeah, that's true. Eating little fish. <laughs> I want to eat some fish. <laughs> well, I was reading a statistic about like entrepreneurs and how much they read. For example, they read about five books a week mm-hmm. uh, the top 1% and they did a survey of the top like 1% of, of the entrepreneurs out there and all of them. Also the same thing. They read about five books a week. Yeah. And they invest in, <clears throat> in they invest in educating themselves and constantly learning. And that's that was my big takeaway too because I and that was another thing that you know with life you get so busy and stuff. So I was like, okay, well I listen to uh, music and stuff all the time. Right. Why am I not putting on an audiobook and helping right. myself? You know. That's like one of the biggest. The easiest things that people get, could get into, if you really want to start self-development mm-hmm. and really want to start investing in your mind, you're driving all day, you drive for two hours a day, exactly. one hour a day, just listen to audio. Like You'd be surprised how many books you would knock out. Yeah. Right? And if you're not um, an audio person, if you prefer to read, then stop watching Netflix. <laughs> you know, like It's still going to be there, but read a little bit. Like Just reading a book is really powerful for you, and a lot of people just don't realize how powerful it is. Just this week, like I said, I've gotten through three because I'm on That's the road good. all the time, and That's I'm really just good. like, you know what? I need to invest that time in myself. And not just sales books, and, and but also to like parenting or things that I might not know, and I think that right. you have to constantly like look at different things and, you know, not be so close-minded about things too. Right, right. That I might not, I, like I said, I might be uh, traumatizing my children and I have no idea why, you yeah. know? So I think it's con- you have to constantly be open to new advice and everything too. For sure, for sure. Getting the right information every day is what you need to really grow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people don't take advantage of that. People don't take that serious, but it's really true. Like that, that changes you. It changes you. Just it a does. little bit of, of really good information that they could really change your mindset. And that's where it starts for sure. So what would someone not know about you? Because <laughs> <This is> a... <laughs> you have a lot of social media. Yeah, so I know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty open. But um, 
Uh, one thing that a lot of people don't know, and I don't really advertise it too much because I'm one that I don't like to talk about politics because it's biased. I don't really, yeah, you don't care about don't my really. opinion, I don't care about yours, but I don't want to ruin my business because yeah. I think of something that, that you don't agree with. Um, but another thing I really don't talk about is uh, my diet. I've been vegan for going on six years or a little over six years now. So it's been it's been something that I'm honestly super proud of. Like mm -hmm. I think it's it's taken a lot of self discipline for sure. Oh yeah. Especially because no one around me is vegan, so I'm next to people eating some good looking food, right? But um, I I for sure think that that's something that I really don't talk about too much. But it's something that is a huge part of my life. Like this is a day in and day out thing, and this is a decision that I made a long time ago, and I've stuck to it, and I'm just like. So what made you become a vegan? A lot of things. I, I really, like, I'll get, I'll, I'll make this long story <laughs> super compressed, but basically my whole life I've always been grossed out with, with chicken and stuff like that. But I've always eaten it because my mom, my yeah. grandma would make it, right? So I was always eating all this food that I was always grossed out with. And it wasn't until I was in Florida that I was out eating and I think I was cooking actually and I was cooking some food and I was getting grossed out with the food that I was cooking Oh my god! and I'm just like why do I keep eating this yeah and I was literally in Florida with no family no friends out there so I was by myself and I'm just like there's no one here to feed me this there's no one here to tell me I have to eat this yeah so I decided to stop eating uh, meat like from one day to the next but in that one day to the next I started getting super familiar with one the process mm -hmm. of how the meats made and then two uh, the benefits of not eating meat. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm a pretty spiritual person. I meditate every day. I do yoga. I, I'm just very in tune with myself. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to feel cleaner because I didn't feel clean. Yeah. And I don't know if it was the food that I was eating or what, but I just knew that there had to be a little change in what I was doing. So after getting informed on a lot of stuff, it made my decision a lot more easier. But one thing that I did do, and a lot of things, a lot of times I think people fail when they're trying to go vegan or vegetarian, is they do it from one day to the next, and there's no real reason why they're doing it. They're just trying it. Yeah, because it's like the to lose weight. Or right, like right. But I had a lot of reasons because one, I love animals, and I think it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> you know <laughs> what happens. <laughs> uh, but two, um, I for sure wanted to feel spiritually cleaner, and three, I just think it's ethically smarter for the environment and for the world um, when you really do your research on how much consumption it takes to to grow you know or to keep a cow alive yeah. for that long you realize that we're just putting all of our resources in the wrong places and that's why we have so much deforestation and things like that too so there was just a lot of reasons but one thing that i did was i told myself if i'm craving something i'm gonna go eat it yeah but I'm gonna remember everything that I did. Yeah. So after two weeks, I probably went to go eat like maybe three or four times. And I think the last thing I ever ordered was Five Guys. Mm -hmm. I got the burger, it looked so good. I bit into it and I looked at the piece of meat and I was like, oh my God. You're like, <laughs> oh no. And I threw it. And that was the last time I ever ordered uh, food again or meat or anything again. Oh my gosh. So how, how does that like, what if you're on a date with somebody and stuff? How does that work? I, it's a good icebreaker, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, like if I'm stuffing my face with a steak, yeah, how yeah. does that work I don't work care. Out? I just won't kiss you for like an hour <laughs> after. You have to go brush your teeth. <laughs> but no, really, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. And I, I can't make anyone no, yeah. you know, do what I'm doing. But 
I respect everyone's opinions too, and I respect their their beliefs. So if somebody's gonna eat a steak next to me on the first date, that's cool. Um, but the cool thing is that a lot of people don't. A lot of people think it's harder than it is. Mm-hmm. You can literally eat anywhere. Like name any place, and I'll tell you that I'll tell you what I could eat there. Name Shit, Chicos. Chicos. Uh, bean burrito. Bean burrito, French fries. Damn. Um, you could even ask them to do the hot dog with only beans inside. Uh-huh. So not that many selections there, but uh, you go to Burger King, they have bomb, bomb incredible burger. Uh, I actually tried that. I was very impressed with it. Really I, good, like, right? Impossible yeah, and burger. it was just by mistake. Justin, my husband had gotten me a burger, and he, I was he like... You ordered that one on accident? Yeah, and I was like, what the hell? It sounds great. Impossible burger. Well, and then I looked, and he was like, you know, I wouldn't have gotten you that, but... Um, yeah, I tried it and I was like, this is really good. He yeah. wasn't that he wasn't that impressed. But, but there's a lot of really good here in El Paso, um, you have Queen's Table, Lick It Up. Those are really, really good vegan places. And I'll tell you for sure, if you're if you're looking for transition, those are probably the easiest places to start. Because they have all a their bunch food of yeah. Tastes the same. I get a pulled pork sandwich from um, from Queen's Table and it's jackfruit. Super healthy for you, but they saute it in barbecue sauce, and it's amazing. It's really, really good. I don't know if I can get <laughs> sold on that. I'm like, I like my meat. You don't meat. have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, it, some yeah. of it does. Like, I'll try it, um, and a lot of times it, it is good. I'm yeah. just like. So it's, it's kind of funny, but I don't make anybody do this, yeah. but a lot of people around me are vegan now. Oh, really? <laughs> So conscious, I, I don't know, like they, they've been affected by me in some way and uh, I have a couple of friends that I know that are, are vegan. They've been trained vegan. They're cooking vegan. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So making an impact. You're like, hey, <laughs> one step at a time. Yeah, you for sure. Do. And if you're passionate about it and that's something that also comes across too, because yeah. you're like, you're leading by example too. Yeah. So that's something that you're really passionate about. Yeah. And about I think then. there's just so many medical benefits too. You, you go to Netflix and watch Game Changers if you haven't already on Netflix, but if you don't want the graphic side of that industry, look at the scientific side. And you'll be able to see, scientifically speaking, like there's just so many more benefits from going plant-based to, you know, uh, carnivore. <laughs> well, and I'll be honest, my thing is always like, well, I lose a lot of weight. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm like, if yeah. I lose a lot of weight, I'll try it out. Actually, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people do. And there's, there's two different types of vegans. There's... Um, I forgot the term, but basically an unhealthy vegan and a, a healthy vegan, mm-hmm. right? The he- unhealthy vegan is the one that's ordering carbs everywhere they go, fries, uh, you know, all the junk food yeah. type of stuff. But then you have the vegans that are eating nothing but greens. And that's that's where you're you're really going to get a lot of benefits. Like You're just going to feel it, too. So it's really cool. I feel great. I'm sure you do. Like <laughs> yeah. I said, you have more willpower than I do. I'm like, <laughs> sure. I go two days of being on a diet with like chicken and, and yeah, like salad and i'm like okay no i have to have my my chicos but the actual tacos yeah. i need all the fat like for in sure. the world i think stuff. the only thing I, I do crave like for real for real the one thing is a chick-fil-a sandwich oh my god oh those are so good though yeah i used to work there so that was my first job ever and i used to eat that every day so i'm just like <laughs> like for six years i've been like oh my god I you're like can i just have my one sandwich right? yeah for sure. So if you could tell, like, um, if you could turn back time and talk to yourself at 18 years old, 
what would you tell yourself or what advice would leave you give? Leave that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> leave I think all, all of us might have the, uh, that <laughs> nah, safe story. <laughs> I actually, I love how my life's played out up, up to this point because it's honestly made me who I am as cliche as that sounds. But I think for sure what I would tell myself is to be more patient mm-hmm. and to have bigger goals. Um, patience is just something that I think everybody has to work on, but... You know, graduating high school, I just felt so lost and wanted to figure everything out right, right then away. and there, getting a lot of shitty jobs. But looking back, I'm like, all those jobs taught me a piece of something that I still use to this day. So I'm so grateful that everything everything has turned out the way it has. And that's why I should be more patient because everyone has their own journey. You shouldn't be looking at somebody else's finish line. You know, somebody that's 23, already graduating college, somebody else that's 23, barely starting college. It doesn't matter where you're starting. Um, but having that dedication to get to where you're at is super important. So for sure, deploying patience, like I just needed to be more patient. Yeah. I was stressing over shit that I didn't have to. Yeah. And for sure, having bigger goals. Um, I could tell you for sure, like when I was in Florida, I had the biggest epiphany of my life. And this is one of the main reasons, one of the reasons why I went into real estate to kind of look at the bigger picture of things. But for for like four years, five years, I was chasing money. Like I just, in my mind, it was like, whatever pays me the most, however much I can make every month, that may, that's gonna make me happy, happy, happy. So I got to a point where I was in Miami, downtown Miami, I had a two bedroom, two bath condo, living there by myself, had a BMW, had a good paying job, I was high up in the company. I had everything that I thought I wanted. I was, mm-hmm. I was chasing all this stuff. And I'm looking around, I'm looking at downtown, and I'm just there in the balcony by myself, and I realized that I wasn't happy. Yeah. So chasing the wrong things, not having big enough goals for me was one of the issues that I just realized early on. I was just chasing money for so long instead of actually chasing some big goals. Yeah, like what do I want to do? What do I want my legacy to be like? Yeah. So what drives you? Like what makes you motivated to like be the best agent to do be the best realtor with your clients and everything for sure i think just realizing that death can happen at any moment like i've just always been infatuated with death as weird as that sounds like no, i don't want to die i deal with life insurance yeah yeah <laughs> i don't want to die but i have yeah. i have tied it on my arm memento mori and it just that's basically latin for you know moment of death death is all around you you could have your last you know moment right now after i leave here but realizing that, it's like, do I want to waste my days watching TV or do mm-hmm. I want to waste my days and spend my time growing my business, my name, my brand, building a legacy that's going to be remembered? What I think is super scary and a lot of people don't realize is that it takes two to three generations for your memory and for your name to be forgotten. Like if I asked you, I all, didn't know that. if I asked all you guys right now, who's your great, great, great grandma? I won't know. None of us know. Mm-mm. That's and that's how quick it, it, it takes for us to be forgotten. So if you, if you don't build a legacy big enough, like I just want to be remembered. I, yeah. I, think, I think that's one of the main things that keeps me going is I, I really want to be remembered and not just, you know, forgotten after my kids. Yeah. Know? So I think building that legacy and, and being remembered and, and actually standing for something too is super important for me and that's really what makes me get up every single day yeah and i mean i i talk like for me my biggest like motivation is like my husband and my kids you know and i tell a lot of people when you're doing the day-to-day job sometimes 
it's not easy and a lot of times you don't like what you're doing because you're busy moving a bunch of balls because some people see real estate like oh you get to show beautiful houses but they don't know what how what the transaction dealing with the client expectations are so, so wrong yeah and yeah. like you're dealing with bad credit or you're dealing with you know uh, mm. a difficult client or the home's not ready in time or the inspection comes out bad yeah and i think people just see just anything in any field people just say oh real estate you just start yeah you know they watch million dollar listing yeah, and they're yeah. like hey you know i can sell homes this is pretty easy that's that's one of the main reasons too why i started pumping out the content that i was pumping out and my brand is your real estate resource and it's not because it sounds cool it's because when i started pumping out content i wanted to pump out the right information because when i started real estate i was confused i was still confused like i was like how does this work i don't i yeah. still don't understand so i could imagine somebody that isn't a realtor trying to buy a house how confused they were yeah you know so but going into that like people that come into this industry just have the wrong expectation they think it's all about cashing checks and driving a mercedes mm -hmm. and wearing nice suits but it's not it, it really takes a lot a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice for you to even get one client that four months in could end up, you know, not getting bombing. approved or mm -hmm. bombing or missing a payment on their credit card. So many variables could happen and it's just a very stressful job, but you really have to have thick skin, not just to take rejection, but you have to have patience because it takes a while, you know, like anybody that is going to join the industry, I always tell them, expect not to get paid for six months. Like yeah. expect not to make a single cent for six months, but just know that you're full time. Mm -hmm. You got to work 50 plus hours a week. And in your first six months, what you're doing is really just building momentum, building that client base, because it takes a long time before you could even see a dollar. Yeah. People come in quitting their jobs with no savings. And in their first three months, they're realizing real estate's not for them, but it's not that it's not for you. You just have, you just have to have the right expectations. You came in with the wrong ones. Mm -hmm. So that is the reason why, too, a lot of realtors, you know, first year, 90% of realtors fail. It's 2020. And I'm ready to buy a house. Sweet. What would you be? What would your recommendation be? <laughs> <laughs> and my credit's out of 500. Just kidding. But <laughs> even at that, I think, yeah, like, yeah. Like, what's your what's your biggest <clears throat> advice for someone that? So, so basically, you know, whether you're gonna buy a house and whether your goal is to buy a house in the next three months or three years, it really doesn't matter. What really comes down to it is doing the process, right? So the process basically starts with you, one, finding a realtor, because in every single transaction, just think of it like this, this is the biggest transaction of your life. And if you don't have somebody that's legally, um, you know, there to help you throughout that whole process, things can get a little tricky and people can take advantage of you. So having a professional behind you is super important. But when you do meet with your realtor, what they're going to have you do is one, they're going to talk a little bit about you, talk with you, uh, talk about the process with you, and then they're going to connect you to a lender. A lot of people hesitate on this first step. And this is actually the first step mm -hmm. in that is con getting connected to a lender, because if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up, you know, nowhere. You're going to end up somewhere where you didn't want to go. Having a direction and having a game plan is the crucial step that you need to buy a house. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to buy a house in the next three months, six months, eight months, and you have a 500 credit score, it's not a problem. All we need to do is come up with a personal game plan mm -hmm. that's going to get you ready to get that credit score up where we need it to be. That way it benefits you 
100%, right? Yeah. Um, but we're going to come up with a game plan to help you get there. Uh, with my accountability, and this is why you want a realtor, because a good realtor is going to hold you accountable. If there's, you know, you get with a lender and there's credit cards or things that you need to pay off, they're going to help you and make sure that you're doing what you need to do every single month. One of the biggest mistakes that a lot of people do is they assume that because I have all this debt, I have these credit cards and this phone bill and I have the student loan and this medical bill, I need to pay off everything before I buy a house. It's one of the biggest misconceptions and it's the biggest waste of money too. A lot of people will get their income tax and go start paying everything off, mm -hmm. go with the lender then, mm -hmm. and the lender tells them, you didn't have to pay that off or that off. Yeah. You should have paid this off. Yeah. And you just wasted so much money doing things that you didn't need to. So these lenders are, are professionals at what they do, but when they look at your file, you know, in order for you to buy a house, they look at three things, your credit, your income, and your debt. Uh, with your credit, your income, with your income and your debt, they come up with a ratio that determines how much house you could afford. But your credit, depending on what program you go with, mm -hmm. needs to be at a certain standard. So a lot of people, you know, think a 500 is bad. And I mean, it's not favorable, but it's not impossible either to get you into a house. We just need to do a lot of things. I've helped a lot of people, you know, within six months, eight months, go from a 500 to a 620, 640. And it all just comes down to them doing exactly what that game plan tells yeah. them to do. And that's what it really comes down to is, is that game plan, you know? So Well, I think a lot of times too, like, let's say I have the 500 credit score and I'm spending, I don't know, I don't know what the rent is now, but let's say I'm in an apartment and I'm spending $1,000 on rent a month and I'm just like, I want to move into a house and I want to do this stuff, but my credit's really bad. And mm -hmm. I think that some people don't understand how not easy it is, but how they can really, like you said, with how the game plan, it is, yeah. yeah, they can do it in a couple months. It's not going to happen right away, right. but if you do the work, you can move in at the yeah, end yeah. of the year. It, it just takes some work. And think about it like this too, that year is going to pass regardless. Mm -hmm. You know, like a lot of people I know that are about to sign another year contract and they don't want to do that. They want to buy a house. So they'll come to me, but it turns out that they need six months, eight months of, you know, credit repair or, or things like mm -hmm. that. I'll recommend them to, you know, go ahead and sign the lease. You still need somewhere to live. Mm -hmm. But in that time, we're working on everything. That way, once that lease is up, you're ready to buy that house, you know? So it's all about being prepared for sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are, are scared to take that first step, especially when it comes down to figuring out their credit and things like that. Like, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I promise you, even the most richest of people need credit too. So a lot of people don't have credit, yeah. surprisingly. But uh, it's definitely something that you can fix. And that's just something that people need to realize for sure. Well, and I think a lot of times too, what people, a lot of buyers don't realize is the importance of insurance. Yes. They, you know, you look at home buying. Okay. Then you look at credit. Okay. That's a big one and getting qualified and looking mm -hmm. at the home. But a lot of times they don't realize how important a good insurance company, a good rate, because right. like you said, in order for you to qualify um, it depends on your debt and it depends on your credit and what your income is. So if you have a high debt to income, then you're, yeah, yeah. And you need a certain insurance pricing or you need certain right. things. And that's my biggest thing that, you know, I'm tr we try to educate clients yeah. is to say, you know, just like you need a good realtor, a good loan officer, a good attorney and accountant, you need a good insurance agent that sure. knows what they're doing. And you that's know? the insurance company, you know, like what you do affects the mortgage payment mm -hmm. and what we're doing also, you know, like I talk to clients and I'll ask them right off the bat. The very first time I meet them is, 
what are you comfortable paying monthly? Yeah. Because a lot of people assume, you know, there's so much misinformation out there. For example, Zillow. I'm partnered <laughs> with Zillow. I love Zillow. It's a great tool, but there's just certain misconceptions that are on there. You know, a $200,000 house isn't going to cost you 1100 a month. No. There's no way. <laughs> you know, there's no way at all because Zillow doesn't include your principal interest tax, all that stuff. So when you are paying that monthly mortgage, it includes everything, your principal interest taxes, home insurance as well. And picking a home, good home insurance company is going to help you with that monthly payment, you know, and not get over your head because a lot of people... You know, they want to pay twelve hundred a month, mm -hmm. get approved for three hundred thousand. Exactly. And they want a three hundred thousand dollar house at twelve hundred a month. It's not going to happen. Three hundred thousand dollars a month, you're going to be paying twenty four hundred a month. You know? Well, and a lot of times they don't realize it, the taxes goes up. Yeah. Property taxes yeah. goes up all the time, and exactly. like they're especially here in El Paso. Yeah, yeah and growing. so they're always like, um, and I would get that call all the time. It's like, well, it's because my insurance rate went up, and I'm like, no, it's mm. your taxes, bro. Because they, you know, they're misinformed with how the escrow works and then they yeah. have a shortage in that. And I feel like a lot of times um, they're not educated enough in how it really works. Or maybe they're just throwing out so much information right. that they forget like, hey, your payment is not always going to be $1,200 a month. It's yeah. going to just change with the property the taxes. The only thing that, that changes is taxes. Like, yeah. The only thing you can't get away from is taxes, taxes. and death. Yeah. Right? No, it's <laughs> like, the truth. Yeah. So, I mean, taxes are just a thing and it's a part of our society our community or our government since something that we have to pay but yeah that's the only variable that's going to change but that's why it's important to find a realtor it's going to help you navigate that mm -hmm. because you're not going to pay that first year you know that monthly payment every time yeah it's going to start going up and you want to make sure that you're comfortable with mm -hmm. that payment you don't want to have to sell your house in two years and you don't want to be house there. poor yeah you know you still want to enjoy things and still want to do stuff exactly if, if you can afford the $300,000 house, it doesn't mean you should get it, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's why you need the right guidance. Yeah. You know? Some people, like if I, you go to the mall and you have, you just cash your check and you have $500. I mean, on all your bills are paid, you're like, oh, shit, I have $500. You start spending, right? A lot of yeah. people can't control themselves and that's that's the same thing. It's just, well, and it's sometimes too, if you're not houses. dealing with a good realtor too, they probably would want you to spend that 300 because their commissions yeah, are higher obviously, too. Obviously, yeah. And, and that's where it comes down to you finding somebody that has your best interest for sure. Yeah. Like you really need a, it, it's all about a relationship and you as a home buyer just know that you don't have to go with any realtor. You get to pick which realtor you want to go with. And this is also like, you also have to understand that this is the same for the realtor. The realtor doesn't have mm -hmm. to go with every client. I honestly choose the people that I like to work with and I want to work with because at the end of the day, I'd rather let you down now than later. Mm -hmm. And if your expectations aren't realistic, then I don't want to be the realtor that's going to disappoint you. you yeah. know, I'd rather let somebody else do that. Because you don't want to work six months and then they're all mad and... Yeah, yeah. They're ready exactly. to kill you. You're like, mm, no. Which we can happen, but I mean, <laughs> I've been through it before, and that's why I'm saying this. <laughs> like, I've learned through it, you know? Like, you just have to work. You can't work with everybody, and this goes for the buyers, and this goes for the realtors. You you really have to have that partnership and that, that understanding of each other, that communication, for sure. Yeah. It's a process. I'm, I become best friends with all my clients. Well, you see me so much. And I think a lot of times, too... You'll have that one client that you're just not going to make happy. You can move mountains and they're just not going to be happy. And when you're first starting off, you're like, I need this commission. Yeah. I need this. Like, I need it to close. And then you start realizing, like, these people 
this one client is going to take away from all the other ones that I yeah. don't have an issue with. Yeah. And so you have to be comfortable with saying, you know what, man, you might not be the best person for me, you yeah. know? And I think that's the biggest one with learning in sales too. You're not going to make everyone happy. Yeah. And I think too, like that you might see that more, you know, turning down business from realtors when they're far into their career. In the beginning, we're all just trying to learn. right? Yeah. And I, my first deal was, an impossible deal. It was a foreclosure. <laughs> Foreclosures are tough. Oh, yeah. You know, for, for realtors, for anybody. And that was my first deal. But I, I was so excited to do it because I knew that by doing that one deal, I was going to learn so much yeah. out of that one deal. And it's all about learning. Like, you just got to learn every single day. No, it's the truth. It's mm -hmm. a it's a God honest truth. And, and like, with the insurance side, what I tell a lot of buyers um, that they don't realize is that you have to know your coverages. Right. A lot of times they'll get the insurance because someone told them to get whatever insurance company and then when something happens, they don't They're not covered, yeah. They they don't know their coverages. They're like, Well, I don't even know who to call. Here call this one eight hundred number and that's the big the worst time to find out what your coverages are. Yeah. And so I highly whether you go with me or you go with anyone else, I highly recommend everyone um, that's buying a house or anyone that has insurance that doesn't know what their coverages are to take a look at it and yeah. see know what your you options. have. Just know your options. Because we know? were even talking about that with your yeah. car insurance. Yeah, yeah, my car insurance. And and you were telling me a lot of just stories too of you know coverage that people didn't even know they had and it ends up helping them in the long run. So yeah, it's it's super important, especially when you're dealing with an investment that big, you know? Yeah. A house, I mean a car too. You don't want to buy a new car, drive it off the lot and crash and yeah. not be covered, you know? And it's the same with the house. I mean, anything can happen with a house. You have natural disasters that could happen. Not so much maybe in El Paso, but you you don't know. <laughs> you don't. Well, and that's also like educating yourself too to say, hey, like my deductibles. Right. You don't want a $10,000 deductible if a claim happens because for a lot of people, that'll just destroy their whole right. livelihood and everything yeah, like yeah. that. So it's knowing what you can afford and what's going to work for you exactly. and um, maybe paying a little bit more on the insurance, but then you have a thousand dollar deductible yeah. or, you know, learning um, the different contracts or what it's going to work for you. So yeah, I, right. I highly recommend to, it's just like, you need a good agent and lender. You need yeah. a good insurance. You need a good agent. team. You yeah. Team it's a, it's sure. a team. And it's for us, like I said, with all of our clients, we build a relationship and we have fun with all of our clients. Yeah. So it's nice that, that, yeah, they come back and they're like, oh, it's nice when they do have a claim. Not that I like it when they have a claim, but when they come back and they're like, oh my God, Victoria, like, thank you so much for helping us. You were right. <laughs> Still putting this. Um, as you can tell, it's kicking in. But <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you wanted this show. You wanted to call it this. <laughs> now we got to get your buzz, buzz on. <laughs> yeah. And we are. Um, but I think it's great <clears throat> when you can come back and say, yes, like you... Like, we did cover you correctly right. because a lot of times, well, one of the big ones was that, remember the reign of the, what was it, the reign of the century in El Paso where it, like, I don't know if you yeah, were here flooded, that. Yeah, the trash can. Yeah, it was like mm. that blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, Am I aging myself? No, no, I was, I was alive. I was like, it was, was like, there. but I'm like, it was a <laughs> I while. remember, yeah, yeah. It was like 10 to 15 years ago. It was probably 10 years ago, maybe. But I just remember all, like, the people that didn't have the right coverage and I remember this one client in particular was a friend of my dad's and he was so freaked out because his he was out of town and he had no idea that this rain was happening and everything he was so freaked out and his mother who was an elderly woman 
she was at this home that was completely flooded by herself. Wow. So she, um, so the guy called my dad and said, you know what, can you go and check my house? Because I'm really worried about my mom. What insurance company with Geico or any of that is going to do that? Your dad went and checked? Yeah. Yeah. And the house was flooded. Wow. And, you know, he went out there and checked on them and everything. But that's where that personal relationship, when things happen like that, you need somebody that's going to be able to say, because you never know. Life is always crazy. Like, we deal with stuff all the time that it's like, (laughs) you never know one day when you're out of town that you're like, hey, can you just go take a look at this? Or I don't know what happened. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy industry for sure. But having that protection, yeah, definitely. I, I've just had so many clients too that have gone through a lot of shit and. Luckily, their home insurance was able to help because they called me first. <laughs> I sold them the house, you know. <laughs> like even if it's like, a year or two in, I'm like, "Hey, what's up? <laughs> you're <Hi."> like, "Sorry." <laughs> <You're> like, "Hi," <laughs> but yeah, that's it's really important for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to say thank you so much for being on this yeah, podcast, on my you. first I'm podcast. Honored to I be hope it didn't suck. First. No, it was fun. <laughs> I actually, this was a change of environment for sure for me, just because I'm always interviewing people as well. But I've never been interviewed, so. Hopefully that was fun. <laughs> and I appreciate you pushing me to do this and to really like go outside my comfort zone. Um, so I really do thank you for that. So that's why yeah. I de- definitely wanted to have you on. I was Super like, excited, I got to have yeah. my boy Manny on there. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, but you. I'm excited to see where it goes. But yeah. I really appreciate you. I'm excited time. to check out the episode when it drops for sure. I'm like, is, we're going to be like. When is it dropping? Um, it's going to be dropping January the 23rd. So check it out and 23rd. see us on the 23rd to get your buzz cool. on. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, thank you. We got our buzz on for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Champagne at 12 o'clock. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> yeah, but thank you so much for having me. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, and I'm pumped. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. for 2020. Cheers to you. 2020, coming to get you. <laughs>